0: You want to show up for your clients and attract your ideal clients, right? But you're juggling all sorts of things, running around, trying to get it all done, plus running a household. All of this affects the energy that you have and how it allows you to show up for everyone in your world, including those ideal clients you worked so hard to attract. So what are some simple leverage and boundary strategies you can implement to protect your energy so that you can impact those around you? that's exactly what we'll cover in this episode. And I've even included a freebie down in the show notes that you can use after the episode to help you with boundaries in your world. So let's get started. Whether you're determined to build your dream business, to become a better communicator, to create the leverage in your life, to connect with yourself, to become more purposeful, to master your schedule, to quit your job, to travel to Europe, no matter what the goal is that drives you, this is the show for you. This is a space where we can transparently talk about all the things you're determined to accomplish or improve in your life and bring you the tactical tips and strategies to help get you to that next level. My name is Jamie Milam and I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and like you, I dream big. I rebuilt my life out of a single Rubbermaid storage tote when I became a mother and today, I am living my life by designing it in alignment with my goals. Recently divorced and back to being a single mom and simultaneously running multiple businesses, I know that I can figure anything out when I am determined. With the right resources, determination and motivation, I believe you can make your dreams and goals a reality. This is Determined AF. Welcome back to another episode of Determined AF. I'm your host, Jamie Milam. So I am excited to bring in today's guest because she's been a personal mentor in my own life, and I am forever grateful for her guidance and compassion through the years, because when I think about a coach or a mentor who really looks at you um, as a person, as a whole, right, who can sense when you're having an off day or an off week and genuinely cares about that while also aiming to support you and your goals, today's guest, Jen Metters, is that person. So thank you for joining me today. I'm thrilled for you to be here.
1: So excited to be here.
0: Well, for those of you that don't have the pleasure of knowing Jen yet, I'd love to mention that she is a she hero. She today, she co-parents eight children. I tease her and say she has a gaggle of children, none of which are hers biologically and a handful of those. She's been parenting on her own since a really young age. So when it comes to knowing a thing or two about having to figure out how to integrate boundaries and leverage into her life. She's been there, y'all. She has been there. So Jen, would you mind beginning just by telling us a little bit about how long you've been in the coaching space and kind of what that looks like for you now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I went to get my certification in coaching in 2008. And from there, transitioned into parenting coaching, did some life coaching along the way while parenting children. I was a single mom at the time and also had had a full-time job. So I did that part-time. Transitioned into real estate about a decade ago and utilized my coaching skills throughout that time in supporting folks in the market center. And then also ended up working for Keller Williams International as a MAPS coach for four years before I transitioned out on my own with Next Level Wall. Yes.
0: So, I mean, that's a lot. So I think that a lot of people are going to wonder how the heck did you manage to do several of those things? We heard coaching, we heard real estate. Um, and then again, we're not going to forget that we had a gaggle of children. So, and you're a single parent. So how did you find a way to manage that time to integrate both?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm a trial and error personality, which serves me well in a lot of ways. I'm really risk tolerant, which also serves me well, particularly in an entrepreneurial space. I'm also just a little bit naive (laughs) and I could get caught in the past. I was really caught in sort of hustle, right? And because I was like, I've got to make money. I've got to figure out how to take care of my kids. I've got to do all these things. And so I was really just pushing myself to grow in whatever capacity. I'm a seeker. Like I really love to grow. I I love to learn. And so I was really pushing myself at that time. I didn't always handle it well. I didn't always protect my time and energy in the way that I do now and that I would now. And so I learned a lot along the way, which I think allows me to be a better coach today because I burned myself out. The truth of it is I burned myself out both physically and emotionally I got really sick. I I had a lot of things kind of occur during that time. So though I was on the outside succeeding, it came at a cost. And so a lot of what I talk about with my clients is how do we avoid that cost? There's always a cost to everything. And yet really minimizing the harm to your emotional and physical well-being is, is what I spend a lot of time on.
0: Yeah, I think that that's important, right? Because coming from the same space of that hustle mentality and having to figure it out, right? The entire idea of determined AF being mm-hmm. somewhat on that concept of when you're the one that has to figure it out, you'll go figure it out. And mm-hmm. on top of that, whenever you're working for yourself and and you do put in this time and energy and you start to see results from it, you're like, yeah, okay, well if I double down on that, then I'll get more and more results. And what we fail to do, especially as women in the, in the workplace and women at the household, we are taking care of things. And so we're giving and giving and giving, and that might mean our time and our energy, but we're depleting ourselves. So I'm really glad that you brought up the burnout aspect of this, because I think that's important for the listeners to hear, right? Just to kind of go back to a little bit of your, your background, right? 15 years or so in the coaching space six of which prior to developing Next Level Wealth was working under somebody else's vision, which sometimes can drive some of that burnout for some people whenever we have to hit other metrics or we're doing things in their ideal way. I think that that helped you open up Next Level Wealth, looking at it a little bit differently so that you could serve your ideal client in your own ideal way, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And like we said- Building a business takes a lot of time and energy. So how has that shift now into next level wealth allow you to do that differently?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, what I'll say is my work at Keller Williams was so valuable. The training I received, the support I received was really important to get me to where I am today there were some foundational things that they taught me that were incredibly useful. What I learned while I was there is I, I like to do things my own way. I have a really specific idea about how to support people. And one of the things that Next Level Wealth has offered me is the opportunity to really support people in a way that comes from like a whole life perspective, So my approach is to focus on the whole person and really what's going on in all aspects of their life. Because if you're an entrepreneur and you have a certain goal and you have competing interests, right? Competing things that really are going to get in your way or distractions along the way in your personal life. I need to understand that as your coach and help you understand it. So then we can figure out how to navigate around it. And I think sometimes when you get so focused on production, We lose the uh, larger picture, which really helps you support And, and, and come from a place of care and concern. And yet we have to slow down long enough to really listen because sometimes people aren't as comfortable, especially in the beginning, in sharing every aspect of their life, or they don't even know to share it. If you don't ask the right questions, they don't even know that, oh, this is the thing that's actually holding me back. I'll say, what do you think the thing is that's holding you back? Right. And they're like staring at me like, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure. Right. And they'll list off all of these things that maybe are it, right? But my job is to really help them dig deeper internally and figure out, okay, what is it actually? And how can we then navigate around that and, and incorporate it into what you're doing? Because what I also believe is we can't circumvent our sort of natural way of being. And so if there are certain things that you do naturally or that come up for you, I don't want you to overhaul your personality and try to become someone else. I want you to, to be who you are and yet figure out how to pull out that greatness from there.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you learned a lot about the foundational aspects of running a business under this other umbrella, but also had the opportunity to Work with many clients to see a recurring theme that you wanted to approach differently. So you stepped out on your own to focus on offering an impact that's in alignment with your vision of serving the person as a whole, which I love because as entrepreneurs, if we don't address those struggles and integrate solutions to the many tasks and interests that we already have on our plate, then We'll run ourselves into burnout as you mentioned earlier with your own hustle mentality season. And it can be easy to do because as entrepreneurs we all get into this space to impact people in some form and we're often drawn to dive in deep and stay there. Like really stay there not just with our clients but working on our business. And yet we can't do that when we are in burnout energy mode. And we certainly can't attract our ideal client When we are in that energy space. So I know that leverage and boundaries are big pillars for you in your life and as a part of next level wealth. And it makes sense because you come from a place in running a large household and having your hand in a few different businesses, right? So let's dive a little bit deeper into that if we can. You know, what are some of the ways that you've really protected your energy in order to continue to show up for? everyone in your life, really,
1: both clients and family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like I have to say before I say what I'm about to say (laughs) is that it, it shifts based on what phase of life you're in. And the folks that are listening to this that have really young kids or, you know, aging parents that they're caring for or whatever that I believe that boundaries, rest, time management are important in all phases of life. And yet the way that they show up, the way they're able to show up with me now versus when all my kids were little is going to be very different. It's going to look different. I feel the like eye roll of some folks sometimes when I'm like, I take a lot of time for myself because it's like, that's so great for you. I'm so (laughs) glad you get your time for yourself, right? I'm at the beach right now alone right i can't remember when my kids were little i don't remember a time where i was in my home alone for for an hour much less for extended periods of time so i think what i recommend is always different i've got to understand somebody's season of life i've got to understand what they're kind of dragging to the party before we can really understand what their energy and time management is going to look like cuz i think it's unique Mm-hmm. For each person. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, I'm going to ask a ton of questions to really get to what's going on in the background. What, um, responsibilities do you have? What is your routine? What are your routines look like if you have them? Right. What? When do you go to bed? When do you wake up? Right. I'm I'm asking a million questions from day one. Where is the thinking time? Where are the moments where you can leverage? someone else or a system to do something for you so that you're not button the seat every single time. What I learned at a really young age with so many kids is I cannot be everywhere at once. I just can't physically, I can't do it. I had a lot of, well, I believed I had a lot of energy at that time. I'm not sure I did, but I forced myself to. And so I believed I could do it all However, I physically couldn't be in more than one place at once. And a lot of times with, at the time there was five of them with five kids, you needed to be in more than one place at once. And so I had to learn how to leverage before I had money, before I had resources to be able to pay someone to do it. I had to figure out, okay, how do I make this work? How do I leverage so that my kids don't have to miss out because I can't be more than one place, which Mm -hmm. was fun. Yeah.
0: So is it possible to portal yourself for a moment, kind of back into that space to think about what are some of those figure it out, um, leverageable things, right? Because as women, especially, you know, we think that we have to be the one to do everything for it to count as a success, right. Or as a win. And that can really be, we add the most pressure onto ourselves, Right. And, Mm -hmm. And that's usually a product of it. So when you think about leverage, what are Mm -hmm. some little things for the go, go, go parent? You know, what are some of those little things that just helped relieve some of that tension for yourself? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I have a, I have a no mentality, which I adopted because I was a pleaser as a child and I decided that I was going to be a no person. You have to be careful with that because that can go too far. And yet, my my default is not a yes. My default is no and then I'm going to like think more about it and decide if it's a yes. So for me there's questions I always ask myself, does this bring me joy? Does this make me money? Is this something only I can do? Like those are questions that I have asked myself since I was young. Of like well, it started off with do I even like to do this? Is this going to make me money? My fourth one that I kind of add is is this in alignment with where I'm going? Right. So I, before things get into my calendar, I'm asking myself a lot of questions. So I'll give you an example back then. So my kids were in school and I, I, all five of them were in school. I think they were in four different schools at the time. There was just to drop them off was like a production. Right. And I remember the schools like Coming to me and, you know, as they do to all parents and they ask for things, you to do things like bake things for God's sake, bake things. They wanted me to bake something. I'm like, no, I'm not baking. So I learned to write notes to the teachers that said, I can bring something in that store bought or show up for the party and help you wrangle the children. However, I'm not baking. I don't bake well. You don't want to eat my baking. And that is not something I'm going to add to my plate last minute. Okay. So what I learned over time is I would write, because I began to make more money, honestly, and I was able to do this. And so I could say, just so you know, I'm not a baker. Therefore, if you need somebody to pay for another kid to go on a field trip, if you need, you know, money for more supplies in the classroom, whatever. I'm your girl. So I was just very clear on the yes that I could do and the no that I couldn't. And I didn't care, frankly, what anyone thought about it. And I feel like that was a really important piece because especially as women in in this culture, I have a huge soapbox about this. You said it. and, And I just think it's so extreme, this idea that we have to do everything and that we have to have you know, gluten-free, dairy-free organic snacks for our kids. And our lunches have to be perfect. My kids also made their lunches always, always starting very, very young. So I, I did some things to, to foster independence to them. Now, some parents might say I left them hanging a little, and yet they learned at a young age, there are things that we can do for ourselves. And mom is not always going to do the thing. The last thing I'll say is I don't do anything last minute. The best example I have of this is my daughter comes home one day. She was the captain of the dance team. She came home and she said, mom, I have something to tell you, but don't worry. I figured it out. And I'm like, cool. What is it? She said, well, my teacher asked me to get these shoes, sparkly shoes, and we need them for tomorrow in our performance. And I'm like, my eyes get like giant. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's eight o'clock at night. Like I can't go do this thing. And she says to me, don't worry, don't worry. I took care of it. And I said, well, how did you take care of it? And she said, I told her very clearly that unfortunately my mom doesn't add things to her calendar at the last minute. And so because it wasn't already in her calendar, it wasn't going to happen. So mom, guess what I did? Sarah's mom was going to the store to get her the sparkly shoes. And so I just asked Sarah's mom, if she would get me the sparkly shoes too, I told her what size and I told her you'd send in the money all is well. And I would, I've never been prouder in that moment, though. I feel bad for Sarah's mom. I was also (laughs) like, that's it. That's right. We can't last minute. I am not a good parent or a good human. If I feel rushed or if I feel like I am running around, I'm no good if I'm doing it that way. And Mm she knew that. I had communicated that enough that she was clear and she worked it out. And I'm like, fantastic, fantastic. So that was a long winded answer. Well, you know, when we think about that, right. With the
0: leverage aspect is when we forget that we actually do have more of a tribe and a community that is willing to help. And we don't think about that maybe because it's not our strong suit space, you know, like showing up to all the bake sales or doing all the PTA stuff, you know, being the the sports mom parent, you know, that you you caravan everybody and all the things, right? But that is somebody else's strong suit and it's their love yes. language and they're happy to help. I mean, I have a neighbor a couple doors down, she's a stay-at-home mom with her two kids, and they love pet setting for us when we're out of town. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's like our kids are just so excited, you know. Sometimes if we're outside, they're like calling for my dog you know, it's the same. Like if my son needs a ride to school because the car won't start or before, whenever, you know, he, he missed the bus, you know, they're happy to help when school lets out early out of an emergency, I'll have a mom call me and be like, Hey, I'm here picking up, you know, my kid, do you want me to bring home your kid? You know, it's, and it's okay to say, yes, everybody. Like It's okay to say yes. And it's okay to ask for help because when we ask for help, You know that's leverage. My son's been doing his laundry since he was seven years old, right? That's leverage. So sometimes when we think about, we have all of these different things. Last time I checked, we're all human and we're not mind readers. We still have to ask for help, and I think that that's part of it. Is you know you mentioned earlier having systems as well. You know sometimes. We forget that a system can be just a routine way and a routine process of doing something. And when it's written down and we know something has worked, if we just go back and do it the same way, rather than having to figure it out all over again, that saves time and energy as well. We're not having to use up our brain power. And so in thinking through some of those leverage pieces that you've mentioned, It's instead of baking, you know, go buy the store-bought stuff. Who cares, right? I mean, shoot, now it seems like they don't even want us to bake, you know, for sanitary purposes. Thank Mm -hmm. you, winning. Mm -hmm. Reverse psychology (laughs) right there, right? Um, (laughs) But having, you know, spending the money to be able to do things, you know, we always say in lead generation business acquisition, it's either prospecting or marketing. Well, it's the same it's time or it's money. And so I think that that's important to consider. What are some of the ways right now that you encourage your clients to kind of create a boundary such as, hey, I don't do things last minute. I mean, that's such a boundary that your daughter knew (laughs) and took care of it with her teacher already. So what's a simple way to create a boundary around serving their clients so that they can continue to show up their best selves for the people at home and for their business the next day?
1: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, again, I think it depends on the person. I do think that there's a little bit of nuance depending on who you are and sort of how you show up. I tend to believe that bookends are really important. And what I mean by that is when you start your day and when you end your day, being really clear about what those time frames are, I think is really important. I'll use real estate as an example, because I have a lot of realtors as clients. There is every so often where Maybe those bookends aren't perfect. They don't, they're not like totally fixed because of some nuanced situation. That's okay. I think where people get stuck with boundaries is they think it's like all on or all off. And the truth is, is if most of the time I'm starting my day at eight and I'm ending my day at four or five, whatever, great. Great. If every so often I have to go outside of that, it isn't that I am terrible with boundaries. It does mean I need to ask myself some questions. Why am I breaking this boundary? What's going to be the benefit of breaking this boundary? How can I say, all right, I'm working later in the evening on this day because that's what works best for, for everyone, or that's the only time something's available or whatever. How will I mitigate that? How will I make this something that is an outlier rather than a standard? and i think that that's the asking yourself those questions forcing yourself to slow down and say why did i just say yes to that why did i why did i decide that that was okay an okay boundary to break and if at the end of those series of questions you might not be able to change it for that time because you've already said yes it's possible you might be able to go back and fix it if you can't then i would say the next time i want you to remember that, you know what, this wasn't the time that I, I I needed to break that boundary. I don't have to be rigid and yet I can still hold a standard for myself and for my clients. And when I do that for my clients, they fall in line. Most people are not trying to break your boundaries all the time. They're just caught up in their story and in their situation And so they think seven o'clock, when they're done with their day, that's the time to reach out because that's in their day. That's when it makes the most sense. That doesn't mean we have to jump every single time somebody, somebody reaches out. So I think that there's a balance of being responsive, which I do think is really important, especially as an entrepreneur and yet holding folks to a standard. And I think that gets really muddy sometimes. Um, I think the other piece is getting, wrapping our mind around this idea that, especially as women, you hear about women in this like sort of reverence, if they're super selfless. I hear this all the time. And I'm like, okay, like to me, selfless means I have abandoned myself. I have left myself alone, right? And this idea of selfish is so like terrible, like, oh, don't be selfish, especially as a female, especially as a mother. If you take time for yourself, if you say no to things, if you set boundaries, somehow you're super selfish. And I guess maybe I would change it. I'm sure someone has said this. And I picked it up along the way, but like to maybe like I'm self full, right? Instead of self less, <laughs> um, I'm just going to be full of self mm-hmm. full of myself and yet maybe it is. It's like saying it's okay if I say this is a boundary, this is this is a, a guardrail I want to put in place for myself in my life so that I can show up better. Because I can tell you when I was in hustle mode and when I was struggling, I didn't show up as my best, not at work, certainly not as a parent, not in relationships, not in friendships, right? Because I, I was so depleted I couldn't. And I think that, this idea of selfless just really abandons the idea that actually we have needs. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm going to encourage my clients to have needs.
0: Well, and there's a guilt to that, right? So, you know, what I'm hearing you say is the bookends. And so when we think about the bookends and for boundaries around what your ideal schedule looks like when you're serving your clients, setting expectations, I say this one all the time, setting expectations reduces frustrations, right? We just have to reteach people. And so whatever that looks like for your ideal lifestyle and business, how you want to show up and, and you're right for entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs, and they're so reliant on getting in that consistent revenue flow that this is where it gets the easiest to break your own boundaries. So mm-hmm. yes, is there a season even in your business, not just like where you're at in you know your lifestyle with little kids, not little kids, you know who you're taking care of, et cetera, but also the season of your business where you do get to a place where you get to earn a little bit more of that but I think that it's important before you get to the burnout section where you're frustrated, some of the things to notice is, when was the last time I just had an afternoon to myself? And to myself might mean like disconnected from my computer and my phone and I was with my family, right? When was the last time that I was able to like go and have a bath with a glass of wine for myself? When was the last time we went on a trip? You know, when was the last time I remember doing something fun? Here's one for y'all. If somebody asks you come Monday morning, how was your weekend? And you have to stop and pause and think about it. It means that you're not taking enough time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I am guilty. Mm -hmm. So I think that those are a couple of things when we talk about those bookends and how to show up your ideal way, but also serving your clients, we have to be able to set those expectations. And then you get to choose when you want to give a little bit, because sometimes there are circumstances and you can very much come out front and say, normally I'm done with my day by seven, but I wanted to make sure to get this over to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys, this doesn't mean that you can't be on your computer working necessarily at times. Use some of the software, you know, the extensions out there that allow you to schedule, send your email for 8 a.m. Because we got to teach people how to treat you. If you start responding to them even via email at 9, 10 PM. And you've told them that you wrap up your day at six or five or four or whatever. Well, they're going to respond to you and then get frustrated when you don't respond back and you do it one time. And the next thing, you know, they're doing it all the time. And then you're like, I, I told them, yeah, well, you also mm-hmm. showed them. Right. So yeah, I think that that's important when we think about, how to incorporate that. And so, and and your clients are going to be okay with it. When Jen used the word rigid, right? Uh, She knows me well to know that I was very much wrapped up into a black and white thinking for quite some time. And I've been working on that and have learned to integrate that it is fluid. You can be flexible with this, that it's a good model for things. You know, with the real estate world, like I told clients, I remember when I changed my voicemail, July of 2021 or 2020, if you've reached me after 7 p.m. or on a Sunday or on a holiday, I will return your call the next business day. Did I ever get any complaints? No. If I lost business, I wasn't aware of it, right? And when I tell people I don't work on Sundays because that's a family day, everybody is completely respectful of it. Good for you, right? They want to Mm -hmm. know that you're filling up your cup so that you can then serve them better. So if you're not doing that, then you're not going to be able to serve clients in your ideal way, anyways. Cause if you're not filling your cup up, you can't fill up anybody else's. Just saying, mm-hmm. I mean, once you pour out everything in your cup, it's empty. But if you keep filling it up, it is overfill, overfilling, over flooding. What is the right word there? Right. Flowing.
1: I don't (laughs) know. Overflowing. overflowing.
0: That's the right (laughs) word. I like that one. (laughs) Yeah. Then your cup is overflowing and it can fill up somebody else's, right? So I think that that's really important. So I do want to ask though, for these growing entrepreneurs, as we said, it's really easy to get into that hustle mentality and the beginning to be spinning your wheels, to feel that sense of burnout, to show your, your value, to prove your worth, you know, all of these things. And we still have a life in the background that's running and this is what we get into it for, right? Is we get into this so that we can actually live the life that we desire and not live just to work. So, my question is for those growing entrepreneurs that are determined to impact their clients at a really high level, but continue to show up for themselves as well and remain in alignment. What would be the number one thing if you could just pick one thing, Jen?
1: What would you encourage that they implement now? I think it's slowing down. Give yourself time to think, to plan right? Burnout comes from, it's a pacing issue, right? We just get stuck in the pace and the like putting one foot in front of the other and keep on going, right? And the thing that happens is people stop checking in with themselves. They stop asking questions to themselves because they're just in do mode, right? They're just going, And so I think if you can incorporate a little bit of time and look, here's the thing. I have a lot more time now. I can spend hours thinking if I want to. There were times where I just had to spend the time where I dropped my kids off till I made it to to work. I had 15 minutes, right? Where I could just think, turn the radio off, turn the podcast off for a second, right? Turn the things off for just a minute and listen to your own thoughts, and, and see what comes up for you, right? Look at your calendar, spend some time planning, right? If you think about motivation, for me, it's about energy first. So make sure you're sleeping, make sure you're getting food that is nourishing to you. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself physically and emotionally, but, but primarily physically. Then you've got to have a passion. You've got to have some inspiration, right? To, to keep you moving forward. That's usually the simple one for entrepreneurs. We, we've got a passion. That's why we're doing it, right? So sometimes we have to revisit it. We have to come back to it. But that's usually an easy one. Where I see the biggest downfall, other than, I mean, energy is a, is a big one. But once they get past that, their biggest downfall is the next two, which is planning. They forget to plan. They forget to take time and slow down and really look at what it is that they wish to accomplish and work backwards. This is something you're excellent at is looking at something and then working backwards and creating a strategic plan on how to get there, right? That's your strategy. That's what you're great at. The last thing is boundaries and accountability. You get, And that it often is the downfall is people overcommit. So then they feel like they're always under delivering and they don't create guardrails or accountability for themselves. So when they get in those moments, they don't have anybody holding up the mirror to say, "Hey." slow down. So my overall advice is make sure you have time in your calendar to slow down to think and to plan and implement. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that the
0: slow down because even breaking it up into those three right if we don't slow down to really look inward to see what it is that we're passionate about and how that's aligning with what we're offering to our clients, no matter what service industry you're in, right, then we can very easily get that distraction, that shiny object distraction syndrome. And then we start to work ideas that are not ours, that are not truly Mm. in alignment with us. And then we're still passionate about this thing that we got into it for, but we're spinning our wheels, trying to do it. Somebody else's vision, somebody else's way, which that is really what I think helps compound that burnout piece that like, Mm -hmm. uh, what am I doing this for? And then as you said, the slow down to plan, right? Because when we do that, then we kind of had the guidance for what this year is going to look like or what this quarter looks like. I mean, goodness, what is this week going to look like? And Mm -hmm. when we do that, we feel so much less overwhelmed. It becomes a lot easier for us to say no to the shiny objects, to be clear on where we're going to get us where we want to be in the longer run, whether that's in a year or three years, whatever, you know, five, whatever it looks like, you know, but then also, like you said, the boundaries aspect and the boundaries and the accountability, man, if, if we create the plan, well, then it's easier for us to say, to keep our boundaries because then Mm -hmm. we know what we're working towards. And if we have accountability, how can they hold us accountable if they don't know what our plan is, right? Got it. And so I think slowing down, that's why, you know, I go away to the beach for my planning sessions a couple of times a year, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's gotta be focused and slow down to really reflect and just look forward, you know, look backwards and look forward at the same time. And, And when you're planning, you guys, I would encourage you to incorporate like, who can help me with this? What are some of these tools for leverage that can save up time? You know, if you're building out your financial plans. Can you work in a housekeeper once a month? You know, it doesn't have to be once a week, you guys. Let them do the heavy lifting on the big stuff and you keep up the little things, right? It could be a VA for 20 hours a month. It doesn't have to be a full-time assistant on a weekly basis. So what are the little things that you can start to work towards to incorporate leverage that will help you maintain those boundaries so that way you get to continue to show up in your ideal business, your ideal lifestyle, and show up to serve the clients in the ideal way that you decided that you wanted to, right? When you first got into this. So lots and lots of great golden nuggets. Of course, that's why I love you. Tell us where the listeners can find you, Jen.
1: You can find me on Instagram, Jen underscore next level wealth. That's probably the best place to find me. We also have nextlevelwealthcoach.com. Perfect,
0: perfect. You can find all of their offers. They do a lot of master classes. They have an amazing retreat every year. And so you guys can go and consume so much more of Jen. Thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate Thanks you being for here today. Me. And if you guys are wanting to act now on creating some boundaries in your life or into your business, I've dropped a free little journaling tool down in the show notes for you that has some journal prompts that you can work through at your own pace that may just help shed some light on where you could start with those boundaries. So I hope you find that helpful. And until next week, go live that life you desire.